0: And then my mom said to me yesterday, because I was talking about something, and she said, uh, or no, we were listening to a podcast about Edgar Allan Poe, uh, who was like a, a severe alcoholic. And she said, Do you think the alcohol kind of opened up his brain? Like that helped him tap into his creative side? And it got me thinking about like all the artists we've covered and all the other, you know, even ones we haven't. And like, there's definitely a, uh, a piece of that where like some artists can do it sober. A lot of artists could probably do it sober, but I think there is something about like drugs and alcohol that opens their brains a little bit to creating these these genius pieces of art, you know?
1: Yeah. And we've done forty five episodes. I would be willing to bet over half the
0: artists we covered were at one point
1: struggled with either drugs and or alcohol.
0: Right. Right. And so it just it's this double edged sword where like uh, a certain amount can be fruitful in creating some kind of of art. You know, obviously, again, too much is a problem. Usually, not always. Usually, Um, but but it was just an interesting thought to me because you think about drugs and alcohol, and it's like, oh, it makes your brain slow down. You know, the dare lion comes in and and (laughs) breaks into your house. (laughs) Um, It's just kind of a crazy thing. When I was thinking about, I was like, yeah, all these motherfuckers are doing this to like open up their mind a little bit.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I'm trying to think who's the most like sober people we've covered. The fray. The fray. Yeah. And, they're
0: <laughs> <laughs> and they're easily the worst. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I can't I I actually can't even think of too many others, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, when you look at this wall, like I mean drugs, alcohol, I, drugs and alcohol, I think. Greta van Fleet, alcohol,
1: psychedelics, everything. Uh alcohol, oh, alcohol, alcohol, drugs and alcohol. I don't know about these guys. Don't know. His own ego. Yeah. I actually don't know if twenty one pilots. I would guess. At I don't think either of them struggle with anything
0: though. I don't think they struggle with it, but I like I I vaguely remember reading things about him drinking wine and like uh, doing work, you know.
1: Yeah, and Nirvana everything everything so yeah i mean
0: it's crazy when you think about it that way again it's just this wild it's a wild double-edged sword that it is probably honestly like maybe tie this into the well this maybe leads us right into our episode today it ties us right into this whole bit about like rockers dying as a cause of it but it's also their their tool that that catapults them into this you know greatness
1: yeah i wonder if it just like unlocks something in the mind where it just like Maybe the freedom to create without any like outs- yeah,
0: external pressure? I think inhibition is just it, – it fades, right? There's no – No no self-doubt? Right. It it opens up your ability to just do more. And then, yeah. like, from that, you kind of just can when, – when you are sober, you can kind of pick and choose, like, oh, no, nah, that was shit. Or, oh, that rocks. We're going to clean that up and make it something.
1: I wonder if the other part of it, too, is usually being on drugs and or alcohol would lead you to have – probably more adventurous life experiences than yeah. sober yeah yeah and that's, that's another like it. grounds for inspiration yeah for the songwriting process
0: and i think i i actually I, I had nothing going into this episode but i think this is a perfect way to open up this episode today we're talking about the pretty reckless um and this is a band who has the ups and downs of, of this you know factored into their work um before we get into the pretty reckless i don't know if you have anything else i do I've got my Fire Fest, but I can do it at the end if you. No, let's do the Fire Fest, and then I gotta give a quick shout out to shout out to a, a band that I like just put out a new album. Okay, so
1: the Fire Fest. So I ordered a guitar for myself, an acoustic electric. Okay. I don't have. I have one acoustic. I have one electric. I don't have an acoustic electric. That's cool. I wanted a blue guitar. Yeah, I, don't, I have a you know regular wood and a red guitar. I wanted yeah. a blue. Blue's my favorite color. Okay the ones in the united states there's uh one company that offered like a super cheap one but it looked like it was shitty quality reviews are subpar then there's nicer ones that are like a thousand bucks i didn't want to spend that much i found one in the united kingdom it was like uh right around 300 bucks
0: that sounds about right for a guitar
1: and then yeah so i ordered it and and mind you it's harder to find a left-handed guitar than a right-handed guitar there's far fewer options so, I order the guitar. Uh, I troll myself, one, I do the currency conversion because it ended up being, like, the guitar was actually, like, 215 pounds or 220 pounds or whatever, and then I got charged a VAT fee and then, like, an uh, international shipping fee. Okay. So, it was, like, 300 and whatever pounds, 315 pounds. So, I put in uh, 315, do the currency conversion, but I convert it in uh, euros. So, I'm like, oh, like, it's only going to be, you know, 350 bucks or 325 <laughs> bucks or whatever. Like, Cool. And then my credit card shows up. It's like, you're charged 400 bucks. I was like, oh, shit, that was a pound, not a euro. (laughs) That's the first part of this. Uh, So I'm waiting for the guitar. Super excited. The guitar comes in on Friday. Open the box. I don't
0: see the guitar in here. Just a thought.
1: It was upstairs. Oh, okay. (laughs) Open the guitar. Look at it. I go, my first thought is, oh, they strung it in the right-handed orientation. (laughs) What the fuck? this is bullshit. <laughs> and I look at it a little bit more, and I go, oh, it's a right-handed guitar! <laughs> so, I email the company, like, right away. I'm like, hey, you guys sent me a right-handed guitar. I ordered a left-handed guitar. Yeah. And I'm looking at it some more. I'm thinking some more. And then I go and check my receipt. Turns out I had ordered the right-handed oh, guitar. Jesus
0: Christ, dude. <laughs> Speaking See, of drugs and alcohol.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I've been sober for the last, you know, <laughs> month and a half, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So... I'm in a dilemma
1: because I can't ship it back to the UK, or else I have to pay the 100 bucks or 150 bucks to sh- just to ship it back there, and it's at that point it's not worth the cost of like the guitar. It's not worth the cost of everything for me to ship it back and then, you know, pay. It. Basically, I would lose 100 150 bucks. Yeah. Get, to get a the left-handed one, where it's just like. Did
0: they tell you you'd have to pay the shipping?
1: Well, no, I'm waiting on a reply back.
0: Uh, yeah. Cause re- they might cover the shipping.
1: But I doubt it maybe because though. I had to pay the shipping for them to ship it out here. Yeah, that's true. And if I'm the one that fucked up the order. Yeah. Why would they pay, you know, cover yeah, yeah. 150 bucks to send me a $200 guitar?
0: You could try to sell the guitar and then order the left handed one. And if you can get. Yes. If so you can, yeah.
1: So that leads me to the next part of the story. Oh, the firefest continues. <laughs> oh, no. So I put it up on Facebook mark- marketplace realizing my mistake. I set it for like a little bit less than what I paid sure. for it. Yeah, just yeah. To, like whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'll take a loss. Yeah. Pretty quickly after, I get two messages, both saying that they'd be interested in, in it, not trying to lowball me or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've only sold a couple things on Facebook Marketplace, but always a skeptic. I look at the profile picture. Looks like a middle-aged woman of uh, some foreign ethnicity, and Kay. she's got several profile pictures, all with 10 to 20 likes and uh, consistent, you know, it looks like the same yeah, person. Yeah. So I message her. Uh, great. You want to come pick it up this weekend? Uh well, I can't pick it up today, but my cousin c- could come pick it up. Sure, whatever. Sure. And then uh yeah. after she's like, you know, where are you located? And I give her give her the, the details. And she's yeah, like, yeah. okay, great. What's your Venmo or is or Zelle so I can send it to you? These are the only two options that work for me and my bank or something. Okay. So then, you know, then I'm like, all right. Yeah. Something's up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh so I do some research. Turns out it's common Facebook marketplace scam. Uh someone offers you exactly what you're paying for it or more. Like, within a couple minutes of you posting it. Yeah. Uh, And then when you agree to the Venmo, you give them your email, your Venmo information. You get an email that looks like it's from Venmo or Zelle saying you have, you know, $400 waiting for you in Venmo. Yeah. But you can't accept it because you don't have a business account. Uh, Please send 50 bucks, 100 bucks, uh, whatever it is. Please send this to get the business account. <laughs> you send the account. They run off with your money. Yeah. It's a clean transaction. <laughs> they scam you. So. Yeah. Here I was, all excited, you know, <laughs> I, I, d- I did this fuck up, great, I can get the money back for the guitar <laughs> right away, and I can buy the left-handed guitar. <laughs> I'm super excited, and then, uh, you know, come I come to terms, and then I go back, and I look at the profile picture again, and uh, I look at, like, their friends list. They had, like, 150 friends. Yeah. I start going through the friends. All the friends are, like... They only have one profile picture, like no likes. And I'm like, oh, these are clearly like scam accounts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like a farm system of the the <laughs> fake profiles, you know, attached to the one profile. <laughs> and uh, so I, I ended up just blocking them. And, it, you know, it wasn't a big deal, but it was like I would got my hopes up. Yeah. And then I was like, it was kind of elaborate because, like I said, they had like 15 to 20 likes on their pictures. Yeah, yeah, Um. They were posting in like a different language. So I was like, oh, it's just a foreign. And yeah, they're like, yeah. their grammar was, you know, broken on like the messenger. Yeah, so I'm yeah, like, yeah. oh, they're just foreign. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, um, nope. yeah, so that, yeah. So that was the one person. And then the other person who had also responded within like a couple minutes of me posting it, th- it was like the same thing. So I, <laughs> you know, I bought, <laughs> only their profile picture was like, their profile was like much more obviously fake than the first person. So at the end of the day, I have this right handed guitar. I have had zero offers or interest on Facebook marketplace and now I'm just screwed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, maybe one day. Wow, that's just like arrow, arrow, arrow. Like you're battered now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, brother, that hurts. And it sucks
1: because if it were if I had ordered it from like Guitar Center or, or Sweetwater, which are US companies, yeah, yeah. I can re- I could return it, no problem. Right, get the left handed yeah, yeah, one.
0: Right. But not when it's overseas. But I
1: had to order it from the UK because the blue guitar, that I, I wanted a blue guitar. Yeah. it's They didn't, you know, it just, yeah. That's That hurts. So I did put out a feeler for Mike and Pat to see if they'd be interested. Oh, <laughs> since, brother. Yeah.
0: Have but. you considered learning how to play right-handed? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, the only thing I did consider is I could technically take it to a shop and just have them cut the strings and restring it as a right-handed one but yeah the old jimmy hendrix so you see that the, like my guitar sitting over there yeah yeah. the slant is on the left side right the it's dent for your knee yeah yeah, yeah 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 so that would be on the wrong side yeah, yeah. so that would be like a,
0: a little bit of a pain in the ass a last option yeah you could play it standing up no problem yeah yeah so oh that, that, was hurts. A, that was a fire fest that hurts uh all right yeah the only thing i wanted to shout out this week um band I've mentioned before a long time ago, Dead Poet Society. Uh, new album, maybe two, almost two weeks ago now, um, Vision. They're this California rock group, three, I think it's a three-piece, um, re- like real heavy stuff, not real heavy, but pretty heavy, um, but also got this like very California vocalist. Um, so it's got this kind of like younger, almost like, it, it's a bit like Gen Z met like Three Days Grace kind of. <laughs> um okay but yeah anyways the new album fission rocks check it out um they've got a, another album I think the other album that I really like is titled coda um with some hits I've seen them live they kick ass live um yeah check out that album really cool I don't think I know a single song I'll definitely check it out yeah it's good stuff man for sure cool alrighty um pretty reckless yeah per- let's get into it alrighty the pretty reckless this is so yeah tell me a little bit about what got you interested in this one? Because I've known about this band for a while. Obviously they played the songs on local radio and whatnot, but Yeah,
1: so I had only known Death by Rock and Roll from the radio. Okay. Which that song's really good. Yeah. And then basically sometimes if I have like one song, say by an artist, and I really like that song, if it comes on shuffle and I'm just working, yeah. I'll go to the artist page and queue up like their nec- yeah, like their top three yeah, yeah, or four sure. songs or whatever. Listen. So I did that and I liked all the ones in the top five. Okay. And I was like, Oh, like this is a good sound. This would be a good one. I want to learn more of their songs. It'd be good to do it on the pod.
0: Yeah, totally agree. This is very much... I don't want to just categorize this in the same vein as a Hellstorm or as a Paramore, because I, I feel like they play very different music. Um, it mm-hmm. would be easy to categorize that because you have Taylor Momsen on lead vocals here. Um, but I would more... I don't even know what's a good comp for this band, man. They play all sorts of different stuff. Generally heavy hard rock, but... They have some very like country rock stuff. They have some like even like I, I wouldn't even call it country rock like a couple of country songs, although they would resist that tag on their music. Um yeah, this is just it's a really cool and they're they're very like alty, right? Very they got this kind of emo dark aesthetic. Uh, for the most part, the, the guitar player looks like a, not a carbon copy, but he looks like he looks like a, a guy in a, like a Guns N' Roses cover band trying to do his best slash impressing. Um, <laughs> it's just a cool little bit. But anyways, these guys rock. Totally agree. Um, oh, yeah, I get the guns. That's a funny joke. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> yeah. Like the first picture when you Google, they just the pretty reckless on Google. The first picture they show of the guitarist, his name is Ben Phillips.
1: That totally looks like it, a slash.
0: Yeah, like, it's a slash cover. You'd see him doing Sweet Child of Mine at <laughs> yeah. your local bar at Friday <laughs> evening. <laughs> uh, That's awesome. But uh, yeah, no, this band rocks. Get into a little bit of their history here. So Taylor Momsen kind of been a not a celebrity, but a star her whole life. Grew up in St. Louis and from an early age started doing film and modeling. Um, you mentioned to me you were familiar with her work uh, in Gossip Girl, or at least you had read that. Yeah. I would like to counter that with an even more incredulous uh, role that she played. In the... Hold on a second. The 2000 adaptation of How the Grinch Stole Christmas featuring Jim Carrey, Taylor Momsen stars as Cindy Lou Who. Oh, really? unbelievable that's hilarious that's a uh, that's a funny
1: movie i haven't watched it in many years but i'll have to keep that in mind next time i see it on like tv
0: it's a good one i I, that's probably my favorite version of the grinch just jim carrey's funny man jim carrey's a man uh also starred in hansel and gretel spy kids 2 uh oh wow she was almost she almost got the role as hannah montana for disney channel okay (laughs) which would have been wild yeah Uh, talk uh, about
1: talk about like how crazy would that have been if she she does that and then goes off and does her own thing. And then Miley Cyrus is just trying to make it <laughs> like, a you know, independent artist. Yeah. A
0: real like sliding doors moment there. Like, does does Miley just never break into wild Miley? Do we ever <laughs> get party in the USA?
1: Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. After having all those Disney kid experiences.
0: Because I, I think there's a there's a parallel here. We're both playing Cindy Lou Who and Miley Cyrus. At some point in your young adult life, if you want to get into music you either have to fully lean into being that person, so a la a, it's hard to, th- like, I can only think of the opposite right now, but you either have to lean into being like a, like a, you know, PG pop singer, or you have to lean into being uh like bad, uh, like a bad girl kind of thing, which is what Miley did, which is Demi Lovato, which is Taylor Momsen.
1: Selena Gomez, S- stuck With The Pop.
0: Selena Gomez, yes. I would say only slightly broke out of it. Um, uh, Another person I'm thinking of in this same vein is is, uh, Sabrina Carpenter. I don't know if you're familiar with her work. Uh, Disney Channel star turned pop singer that is very open about her sexuality. Gotcha. Um, Yeah, but you have to make a choice at, at some point in your early adult career. And so that's what Watson did. 2009, she or 2008 or 2009. She starts uh, she gets in or she's looking for a band. She starts talking to record companies and producers and whatnot. And she gets hooked up with this guy. I'm trying to want to fuck up his name because he's kind of important here. Where is it? Cato. He's got a kind of foreign last name. Kandwala. Kato Kandwala, producer. He ends up kind of hooking up Taylor with the rest of the band. So that's Ben Phillips on guitar, Matt Damon, Mark Damon, Matt Damon, Mark (laughs) Damon on bass and Jamie Perkins on drums. Uh, And so 2009, they start working out their first album, uh, which is uh, Light Me Up, Light Me Up. Um, And so that kind of gets us right up to the start here. You want to just get into the first album? Yeah. And I would say Light Me Up is a really, really good debut album. I don't know about really really good, but it is pretty good. It feels to me much like a lot of the art- other artists we covered, especially younger artists, that they have the like the the meat and potatoes of what they're going to sound like, and they just don't have every, like the whole, you know, meal ready yet.
1: Yeah, I like this album a lot. I don't think there's any like duds or really big stinkers on this album.
0: There's a couple I wasn't thrilled with, but overall I get your point. Um my my biggest criticism of this album and again, this comes with being young, being new to the industry, is I think Taylor's a fantastic vocalist. Yeah, definitely. And I think she just there's a few songs where I think to later on in the catalog and I'm like, wow, if she had just flexed here like she did there, this song would be so much better. And it just doesn't get there.
1: Gotcha. So maybe not having the confidence or the Yeah, the whatever the
0: push from yeah. producer or it's whatever. It's just it is. not fully developed yet. Um, you know, she's doesn't reach to the, the the ends, but aside from that, still really good work here. Um, and like you said, I don't think there's too much bad stuff on this album. Um, with that, let's get into it. Um, opening track, "My Medicine." It's a fairly simple kind of grungy rock track here. Yeah, it's I think th- this is a great opener. See, I disagree. I don't. Oh. I didn't find this one that inspiring. It it felt simple. Um, you know, kind of heavy. Um. Uh, You know, I just didn't think there was anything special about this track. I don't know. I think it's just good,
1: solid rock. Like I I enjoy the chorus, it's catchy. Like when she's singing, you know, Somebody Mixed My Medicine. It's just I don't know. It's just for me it's a fun song. And yeah, maybe lyrically there's not a ton going on. It's
0: well even musically, right? I like I think all the bits musically are fairly simple as well. Like it's it it just feels like cut and dry like rock. Like it doesn't feel inspired in any way. But not to say it's a bad sound it just doesn't sound unique. Maybe uh, that's
1: a fair point. I just I think I really like the sound. Yeah. And for that, I'm just I'm like, All yeah, right, like ca- I can't a knock good, for that good way to open. Yeah, for sure. And there's a line in this song where she sings, there's a tiger in the room and a baby in the closet, which some people are like, oh, is that like a reference to the hangover? Yeah. <laughs> 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 but
0: 2009 uh, would have been around that time. Yeah, it would have been around that time. Yeah, so,
1: yeah, no, for me, this is a good opener, and uh, I like like the sound already.
0: Yeah, it's good stuff here. Next track, Since You're Gone. A um, little more energetic here. This is kind of closer to what I'm looking for from this band. Um, Taylor working more into her high level on vocals. Um, it's got this kind of crashy garage sound rock feel to it. Um, you know, the guitar is a little understated, but the bass is thumpy and loud throughout. Um, just generally a little bit better than the last track, in my opinion. Yeah, I would flip-flop.
1: I still think this is a decent track. I like the sound. The song itself is about just improving your life when a relationship ends. I still like my uh Medicine or my Medicine a little bit more, but this is still solid.
0: Next one? Uh Make Me Want to Die. So that's another thing we'll talk about here. They are not afraid to discuss the taboo, bizarre, etc. religion death. yeah yeah there'll be a, a, you know the next couple albums in particular there'll be a lot of religious talk which is something that comes from Taylor's upbringing so what I noticed looking through it is her and Ben write a lot of the songs obviously I, th- I think she writes a little bit more than Ben generally cuz like pretty much every song gives her a writing credit and then most of the songs give Ben a writing credit is what gotcha. I'm trying to say um and so she grew up in a, a fairly religious household um which maybe she wasn't thrilled about as a young adult um, and kind of twists later on. We'll talk about it when we get there, but make me want to die. This sounds like the this is the bones of the pretty reckless right here, where the first two felt fairly generic. This feels like the pretty reckless, just the way she's using her vocals, kind of getting up and down again, just a little bit more. But it's got that tense, slow buildup into her, like, screaming on the mic, uh, crashing low rock music, hitting the chorus. Um, it's just little bits of violin coming in and out to add a little bit of tone. It's really good work here.
1: Yeah, this is really catchy. I like the way she cadences the verses. It's good, solid rock. Uh, about being in love with someone. And if you da- take a dive into the lyrics, like, you also get the impression that it's, like, like, this song could have been used in, like, Twilight, where yeah. she's kind of singing about, like, a supernatural lover, like, mm-hmm. maybe a vampire. Yeah. Uh, and she says, like, she wants to become one of them so they can stay in love forever. <laughs> so, that part of it's a little bit, you know, up for interpretation, but it is overall a good song about being in love with someone.
0: Yeah, totally agree. like this one a lot. Next track, Light Me Up. Um, this is a weird bit here. The whole Light Me Up thing she does through the chorus... I don't know. It maybe a little uncomfortable. It was weird.
1: <laughs> I really like it. This, uh, is, this is one of my favorite choruses from them.
0: Yeah, it's a good chorus, no doubt. I, just the lyric. I don't know, man. It's a little,
1: oh, it's light me up when I'm down? It's just yeah, kinda, I
0: don't know, man. It's just weird.
1: I don't know. I think, you know, about someone just trying to pick you up and, and not take oh, you see, down.
0: Oh, see, I took it as, like, light me up, like, kick my ass. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: I took it as more like, you know, just you You want someone to, like, be there and, and bring yeah. positivity as yeah, opposed yeah, to yeah. tear you down a little bit more.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, guitars tune up a little bit here. This is a little bit of a poppier sound for most of it. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, the sound is brighter, the lyrics are not for the most part. Um, you know, it's an interesting contrast between the brighter sound musically and Taylor getting a little bit buzzier on the vocal. And she has a fairly buzzy voice, at least her singing voice. Um, so it's a weird mix. It's a bit like. Britney Spears, I, I got Christina Aguilera kind of like Avril Lavigne vibes. Yeah, or that's a good, that's a better one. Yeah, I know what you're saying exactly there. Um, or like Gwen Stefani is a better one too. Um, other than that, fairly simple music. Uh, not bad. Not one of my favorites.
1: Yeah, this this for me is one of my favorites off this album. I really like the chorus.
0: I, I think there's some solid drum work on this track too. Yeah, yeah, the drummer, this Johnny Jamie, he rocks, dude. And I think sometimes he gets. Well, I don't know. There's a lot of tracks where he just kind of plays a simple beat and the rest of them, like, really lean on their work. And there's other ones where it's all him mm. and Taylor. It's it. It's just interesting to, like, hear this. There's no, I don't know, there's no middle ground. He either gets a ton of shine or he gets no shine.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah.
0: No. Yeah. The next
1: track on the album is Zombies and not the traditional traditional cover of Zombies. This no. It's like an original song.
0: Yeah, original track, Zombie here. Uh, mid tempo, kind of mid to mid high energy, thunk, chunky, thick chords mixed with like higher tune, uh, you know, loud plucking. Um, again, vocals up here a little bit. Um, this is one of the ones I felt if she ripped off some of those shrieky yells that she does later on in her catalog. Perfect. Um, uh, in other points in this song, that buzzy kind of—I don't know if it's a cal—well, I guess it's not a California accent, but California e accent. Um. It just seems a little, like, lackadaisical and carefree a little bit on this track. I think they they wrangle that in a little bit as we go along. But here it felt a little lackadaisical. Um, again, drumming, great on this one. Gets the head bumping. Uh, good track.
1: Yeah, this I, I like this track. The lyrics are a little bit cheesy. To all of you who have wronged me, I am, I am a zombie. Again, you want me to fall on my head, I am, I am a zombie. Just kind of about, you know, s- self potential and, and not letting others bring you down it's yeah. it's good uh not great
0: but it, it's a good track i'm with you there next one just tonight uh this is their first ballad sad, Sar Lula oh god i can't speak today sad hard rock ballad uh with low buzzy chords popping drums you know bass kind of just slowly plucking along into a higher energy fuller chorus um again violin adding to that sad tone here uh i, I think a lot of their best songs are these ballads i don't know what it is about it Hmm. i just think taylor's perfect for the ballads man i mean i i have
1: this song in my top 10 so i don't know about all the ballads but i do agree like her voice like because in this song she's got like the soft sad vocals like she's got the range to do the rock the heavier rock the lighter stuff like this the country stuff that they do later on like she got en- enough of a range to really do a bunch of different genres of music.
0: Yeah, totally agree.
1: Yeah, and this song, yeah, really sad. Uh, Here we are and I can't think from all the pills. Hey, start the car and take me home. Here we are and you're too drunk to hear a word I say. Start the car and take me home. Just a song about a struggling relationship.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, this is the first one that like my ears perked a little bit when I heard this one on the first album.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. Definitely a, one of the standouts.
0: All righty. Next one, Miss Nothing. Uh, higher tr- higher energy track here with pop elements, not poppy, just bits. Um, like the drums here. The drums are very, like, kind of 2000s poppy, in my opinion. Um, then there's these, like, weird ethereal sections where they get chimes and bells and the vocals kind of change level a little bit. Um, you know, low guitar, mostly mid-level vocals. Not one of my favorites.
1: Yeah, this is another decent one. Uh fun fact on this one, their management at the time didn't want any swear words on the album. Mm. So she had to change in the song she she sings misconstrued, but in like some of the like the you know, the lyrics or whatever it reads is like misconstrued yeah. but she still sings it with uh huh. the swearing. you're not swearing, yeah but you know, yeah. the, the vulgarity. Funny
0: little work workaround.
1: Yeah, so they they essentially told her they can you know censor the whole song or whatever and she's like all right i'll just <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's wild
1: yeah i'll just you know yeah su- you know slide it in yeah but the song itself is about a loved one passing away and just kind of losing uh your identity with that yeah not a not a happy song but the riff the lead riff in the song is really catchy yeah
0: i like this riff too again yeah. poppy catchy easy to get along to
1: i like the chorus a lot too <laughs> yeah it's all right yeah and I, I mean, at at this point in the album, I kind of I wrote down here like there's a lot of similarities to Paramore and like their first album. Yeah, that's good. It's Like they kind of got their sound,
0: or like and they're just doing it over and over a little bit.
1: Yeah, and like I, th- I think Haley Williams on their later albums has a lot better vocal work. Yeah, yeah. Which you could say the same thing here. Yeah, it's good. Even comment. though there are some really good songs and there's some good songwriting on the both first albums.
0: Right, right. The 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 high points of both albums are great. And then there's a lot of stuff in the middle on both.
1: Yeah. And overall, I mean, they're
0: both really good at first album. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. All right. Next one going down. Uh, this is their like live anthem hard rock track here. Mid-tune, buzzy riff, uh, bass and drums moving along, tempo, energy. Um, some of her best work on the mic to this point, in my opinion, really getting all over the place. Yeah. Um, Drums are rocking again. Um, you know, it's just it, it's not a like a crazy like off the wall banger track, but it's just hella loud, hella fast. Really like this one.
1: Yeah, it's good solid rock. And lyrically, she's like admitting to like a priest that she's gonna she's going down to hell after it, she killed her boyfriend it, yeah. who was cheating on her. But also in the song, she's like kind of seducing the 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 priest where she's singing uh I hear you. I hear you know God. Could you give him a nod in my direction? I would be in your debt. Perhaps there's something we could work out. I noticed your breathing is starting to change. We could go in the back behind all these stacks of Bibles and get out of this cage. So it's it's kind of funny in that regard too. Yeah, what are like the, just the idea of like trying to seduce the priest. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like
0: again, a, a bit of a sacrilegious uh, note there. But also again, not afraid to lean into her sexuality, which will get very much. Both of these points here, we'll get very much more of on the next album. Yeah. Um, So it's interesting to see that little bit here. Uh, But yeah, good track overall. Uh, I don't think I have anything else. No, me neither. The next
1: track is Nothing Left to Lose, which is about getting over a relationship. And she writes in this song, like, she was 19, he was 29, which, I mean... John Mayer's grinning at that thought but
0: <laughs> I just saw his eye <laughs> wink a little bit at me
1: so you know you know I mean I don't know I, we don't have to comment on that but that was just I noticed that in the
0: song yeah well another since we're talking lyrics there's a little nod to American pie the song in this one
1: after Jesus and rock and roll
0: uh yeah it's the next line actually um
1: after Jesus and rock and roll couldn't save my immoral soul
0: yeah and, and so the line in uh in American pie uh is do you believe that rock and roll can hum human save my mortal soul? Something like that. Yeah. Um, so a little twist on that. Um, but, yeah, I thought that was a little cool. Uh, they do a lot of that, too, where they kind of reference other rockers and, you know, bands are inspired by. Um, aside from that, cool, sweet acoustic ballad here. Um electric guitar hitting these sweet long rips through the verses uh harmonizing and fuller sound on the mic good work here again i just think this is a really nice ballad too
1: yeah she kind of sounds a bit like Marin morris or miranda lambert like yeah
0: something like that yeah. kind of a sadder uh you know woman country singer yeah. yeah
1: definitely yeah i like the line in this one too calling out sins just to pass the time i thought that was cool but yeah good song
0: overall another ballad next this one is you um this is unabashedly country in my opinion Um, I felt very like, I don't know what the title of the album is, but you know, Taylor Swift's one of her first album where she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? She's like standing by the pool or something or like an ocean. There's like a blue background. Yeah. 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 That's what this one felt like to me. Um, mid tempo strumming on guitar, some violin, violin hovering over it. Um, soft, sad, bittersweet vocals. Um, by the end of it, it's just a gut punch, man. The sadness on this one, it just rips away this is maybe my favorite ballad on this album
1: Mm, yeah it's definitely a slow sad song about you know needing someone who doesn't necessarily want you back uh for me i I like some of their other ballads more but it to your point taylor said on this one this is you know one of the most intimate love songs they've written and one of their favorites too so
0: yeah really cool track just something different here and then they close it out with factory girl which uh feels like a classic rock sound just turned down a few notches um leaning into the buzz on the mic here very buzzy sexy wild kind of sound to it uh thumping drums mid-tune buzzing guitar riff um this is the one where i finally got her to rip it off on the mic a little bit like you hear that little shriek um which is she's perfect with um guitar gets to travel a little bit some more like licking and kind of solo stuff uh this is a really good close too
1: yeah, I like the guitar work a lot on this one. The lyrics to me are just meh. It's kind of talking about, like, American celebrity lifestyle, exchanging sex for drugs. And I don't know. It's Musically,
0: I like it a lot. Lyrically, it was just all right for me. But sure, not relatable to us, but yeah, certainly to somebody.
1: Yeah, but yeah overall, like I said, I think it's a, a good debut album. There's l- some really good songs on there. And I don't think they have any songs where you're like, oh, my God, like this... I never want to never hear this song again. They don't have any, like, really bad ones. There's
0: no really bad ones. Yeah, there's maybe one or two I wasn't thrilled with, but no really bad ones. Nothing I would be, like, appalled
1: at if you put it on. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good point.
0: And that's kind of... Yeah, I'll, I'll hold that thought. Um, so that leads us in Going to Hell. So this is, what, 2013? Fourteen. 14. 2014. And in the time they, they've done Warped Tour... Um, you know, they've been touring a little bit with a few different acts. They toured with Evanescence. Oh, and cool. I, and I read the line where Amy Lee was like, I tour with these guys and I feel so fucking old. <laughs> but I love it. These these guys rock, uh, which is a cool little note. We keep bringing up her, too. We have we have a few mainstay characters now. Yeah. Um, no Fred Durst this week. No Fred Durst this week. Thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so, you know, they, they've kind of got their chops. They're getting a little bit of play now. And it's night and day difference, in my opinion, how much better this album is than the last. Yeah, this is a really good
1: album. Do you want to start with the album cover?
0: Yeah, I can pull up. Oh, I don't even need to pull it up. I know what it I is. I was going to say. It's pretty. You, pretty yeah, it's pretty simple. Yeah. So we we talked about her being comfortable with her sexuality. I think between the last album and this album, she had done a cover shoot for Maxim magazine. Um, you know, I she might have dabbled in Playboy. Mm, don't think it ever got published Some i don't know i read some stuff about it it wasn't super like uh, confirmable sources but gotcha um, anyways so this album cover is taylor kind of facing away from the camera naked and the shot is of her just right above her ass crack all the way up um and there's a big like cross painted black cross painted on her back with an arrow at the bottom pointing down to her ass yeah, uh, well, the,
1: the cross is, like, one of the band's, like, logos. Right, right, yeah, and they yeah. use
0: that as a logo now. Um, but also a bit of a a jab at, at Christianity, I would
1: imagine, as well. So, Taylor said on this one, the metaphor is supposed to be you come into this world with nothing but your soul, and you leave with nothing but your soul. Yeah. And kind of that people are misconstruing it. But if you put yourself naked on an album cover, people are going to take it many different ways. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: regardless of, you know, regardless of what else is on the album cover. This is... As horny as Rainbow by Kesha, May- oh yeah, maybe more. Because at least in that one, there wasn't. It was just Kesha standing naked, but she was way off in the distance. Taylor is not off in the distance on this one, and it is very explicitly like, like hinted at sexually. Although I will say, in the Rainbow one,
1: they did have like a full body. Yes. Yeah. Full body. Full yes. body.
0: Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's a wild choice, but you know what? You're gonna sell fucking records, so go for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna sell records um anyways the, aside from all that the music here fucking rocks and it opens up with a banger follow me down uh the song opens with a bunch of sex sounds yeah yeah if the album t- or cover wasn't you know clear enough sex sounds of the first 15 seconds of this track really? i think it's closer to the first 30 seconds uh, whatever man it's wild um and then it breaks into this like cool kind of bluesy heavy like dark track um it's not quick it's not like thick and crunchy but it's thumpy and like low and tense um and it's it eventually breaks into that thick heavy stuff later on but it just opens with that thumpy bass ding, ding, you know um uh, the chorus is very chanty very sing-alongable yeah. uh you know i i love the mirrored section where like the first maybe the first two choruses, it's just her in a low cadence with the bass. Just follow. Me yeah. Down. And then they break the second part of the chorus into the heavier, higher energy bit um, with the same lines. It, You know, she's great work on the mic. Great guitar work here. It's an awesome open.
1: Yeah, man. Definitely one of the standouts. This will be a great guitar hero
0: song. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You cut the first 30 seconds to just get into the thumpy bit. Yes. Yeah, great guitar 100%. hero song
1: yeah i mean this is just a song about being young and horny uh they got a line in there that made me laugh when you're young you always take what you can get even bicycles and sprinklers get you wet <laughs> this is like yeah that
0: was a wild uh <laughs> analogy there i saw that too
1: but no this is definitely one of the catchiest songs the like you said the, the the underlying bass and yeah this is definitely one of the ones to check out from the album
0: love it next one going to hell um This is pretty good, too, here. Thick, loud track, picks up the tempo, but still brings the energy. It's got this twisty kind of like muted riff throughout mixed with thick churning bass. Um, And then you get these longer wicked licks on top of all that throughout. Um, Taylor stuck kind of in her high level, more yelling and and shrieking throughout. Uh, This is a good one here. This is a good follow up to the first.
1: Yeah, this is one of my favorites off the album. It's like this solid rock that's like a little bit heavier than Paramore, but not as heavy as like a Shinedown. Yeah. It's like, it's a good middle ground. Uh, the fun fact on this song that's not fun at all, the Pretty Reckless's recording studio was destroyed by Hurricane Sandy in 2012. Oh, gotcha. So it actually wiped out a majority of the band's gear, as well as like a batch of demos and like near-completed recordings that they oh, had damn. for the album. damn. So they had to like rework a lot of that, and this was one of the songs that came out of like them after the hurricane and after all that was destroyed. There, this was like in their downtime, and they wrote this song.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Cool.
1: And like I said, I, I mean, this is one of my favorites. Uh, and yeah, this this obviously has the the religious elements in it, and like you said, she grew up, you know, Catholic, and uh, she said herself that she suffers from that like Catholic guilt. Yeah. Almost. You know.
0: Yeah, that's a thing.
1: Yeah uh what also one more fun fact that i like about this song is each of the three choruses in the song has different lines
0: oh ah, okay
1: like it starts off like it the the closing part is like you know i'm going to hell but it's like for the lines that i take i'm going to hell for the love that i make i'm going to hell uh getting heavy with the devil you can hear the wedding bells but like it changes up in each chorus which i think is really cool
0: yeah totally agree that is interesting yeah um One of the things I heard, so I listened to a commentary uh, recording about the final album, Death by Rock and Roll. And what I picked up as they talked through the songs is, like, it feels like a lot of this stuff, except for a few songs that are very pointed, very much Taylor's, like, design, uh, a lot of the songs feel like a compilation of sorts where they have bits that they haven't used here and there. OK. And they, they just get these creative spurts and then all of a sudden it just gets thrown into the mix. Um, so something like this strikes me as like they wrote they wrote the lyrics and it didn't really like make a song, but they said, fuck it anyways. And they put the bits together and made it into this, you know, gotcha. which is cool because you don't really ever hear, you know, chorus. The chorus is the chorus is the chorus. Um, so it's a cool little twist there.
1: Yeah, definitely. No, that's a cool, cool note on the like the recording process. Yeah.
0: Alrighty, next one, another hit off this album, Heaven Knows. Um, it opens with, like, kind of a school bell, and the sounds you might hear is, like, somebody's getting ready to start class, and like you hear, like, clicking on a desk or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this breaks into their first kind of anthem track, I would say. Thick, bumpy bass line, claps uh, with buzzy, tense vocals and kind of choral, like, children's choir echoing. Um, the local
1: village kids.
0: Yeah, more local village kids. We're back. Uh... And it's kind of wild because this song is fairly sacrilegious. So it's wild to be able to go to a children's choir and be like, hey, we need you to sing this one for us. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, more more kind of demonic devil references here in this one. Uh, You know, it it is super catchy. It's very chant alongable. If this song had a badass solo to it, it might be their best song. It doesn't. So it isn't. But other than that, really good song still.
1: Yeah, still one of my favorite songs from them. Uh, Taylor said on this one, everything is thrown at you from the day you're born. Your only chance is to think for yourself, which is not as simple as it sounds. The There's like four different characters that she sings about in the song. She sings like Jimmy's doing drugs, yeah. and then it's Gina's doing drugs, and then she sings about this character, Judy. All the characters are struggling through life, so that's kind of like the essence of the song. You know, like we belong way down below, way mm-hmm. down below. So, yeah. yeah, I think musically great, lyrically maybe... S- one of their better ones too uh definitely one of my favorites
0: yeah i think this is a really good one too all righty next one is house on a hill um it's this acoustic ballad that's kind of like a country rock thing here uh you know it's got these kind of eaglesy electric licks slow and low um sad defeated full vocals uh mixed with violin and um You know, I just, again, these are the types of tracks where I think she really shines and does her best work. And there's not a, you know, it's the same thing here. Um, Really nice work from them.
1: Yeah, I probably won't come back to this one a ton. But when listening to it, like, through the album, I do enjoy it. Definitely slower. Uh, Taylor and Ben said on this one, they wrote this after hearing a lecture on the Vietnam War. The essence of the song is essentially big government's bad. Um, You know, most Americans are super consumed in politics, drinking whatever wine their party pours that particular day. So it's kind of a politically charged song. It's it's fine. Uh, Not a ton of replay value, but still decent.
0: Yeah, I'm with you there. All right. Next one. Why don't you leave the next one? I'm working on something.
1: Yeah. The next song is Sweet Things, which goes back to like the harder rock. Although lyrically, this one is really like creepy and kind of eerie.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of odd bits here. But aside from that, this might be their heaviest song in their catalog, period. Um, this is the first, well, really the only one I heard her actually like yelling, like like Chester yelling into the mic at some mm. point. Um, you know, high tempo, loud as fuck, bu- buzzy bass, sets a great pace for this one. Um, and the bass does the whole like riff. So the guitar gets to just drop in licks where it feels like it. And all, you know, these heavy, buzzy licks. Um High level vocals. Uh, you know, it slows down in a little bit, but then it picks right back up. It's got a very metallica sound to it in my opinion. Like that nineties kind of metal y sound. Not metal, not hard metal, like heavy metal, but metal y.
1: Yeah, and I think part of the reason she's yelling is like the lyrics in the song are it's kind of around the sexual grooming of underage girls and there's like a male vocal in the part of the song where it's she's like creepily trying to tempt a girl to fulfill his fantasies, so like I said, very weird, but also very
0: lyrically, very weird, but musically, Musically fantastic. very fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. All righty. Next one is oh, I lost my spot. Dear sister, um, you know, there's nothing much to this, just a quick one minute track. Yeah, it's si- kinda, yeah 60 seconds. It's kind of got like 80s prom, like slow, do- slow dance vibes to it. Nothing crazy, no, just an interlude. Yeah. Next one, Absolution. Uh, more of the country rock sound here. Low, kind of plucky, thumpy acoustic guitar mixed with heavy, loud chords. Um, higher level on the mic here again. Great chorus. She's doing her best work on the chorus here. Um, great live track. And then I noticed there's this, like, it, leading into the choruses, there's this kind of, like, disco-y lick. Uh, you, hmm. you're, you're familiar with Another Brick in the Wall by Pink Floyd. Yeah. It's got that same kind of sound to it. Um I can't even think of it now, but I wrote that note, and I'm just like, huh. Hmm. Very similar. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to go back and listen to that again.
1: Uh, This is another one that has, like, the undertones of Christianity, where she's singing, jump into the sun, dear boy, what are you running from? Everyone has got to be saved. And then the chorus, time keeps rolling on, I need my absolution. Almost like a cry for forgiveness.
0: Yeah, yeah, I got that.
1: But, yeah, this is a, a good one for me, nice, solid rock.
0: Yep, that's a good way of putting it. Next one, blame me. Uh simpler mid-level track here, echoey, buzzing guitars, no, mixed with like mid-tempo drums, slower vocals, um, mostly in her mid-level. But there's some great work, kind of like just adding bleeding emotion—not yes. emotion, but like tone onto the lyrics. Yeah,
1: you can hear the sadness yeah. drip off of her voice.
0: Yeah, and it's not by like going to the extremes. It's just little subtle bits. I'm totally with you. This is one of my
1: favorite of their sadder slower songs uh she's kind of singing in this one how she gave up everything that she had in a good relationship for someone that ended up to turning out to be abusive um and you know she's singing in the chorus blame all your life on me but it's it's very sad dripping with emotion uh one of my favorites from their slower stuff
0: yeah no no doubt there i mean again just like I, i keep saying all the slow stuff man it's just really good work for the most part um all right next one burn i don't think i can say it's even rocky it's very country ballad very country me. again a really taylor swift sound uh yeah a little buzzier little sadder um really working her whole range over a strummy acoustic it's a good song i just there's there's not much to it is all
1: no not a lot to it lyrically i get the vibe that it's like someone's abusing her and the person who's abusing her is like wants to draw out the pain, is kind of evil, so to speak. But it's a decent song, probably not one I'd come back to a ton.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, again, with the if you turned it on, I wouldn't like say anything, but I wouldn't go back to it. Yeah, yeah. This next one is something super politically charged. Why'd you bring a shotgun to the party? Thick. Bumping bass, loud, slow, popping drums, crunchy, heavy guitar. Um, this low, tense sound in the verses, and then like hard kicks it up to eleven in the in the chorus. Great live track. This one would get the fucking people going, especially when you only got two albums. This is something you could get like get the crowd into, get the mosh pit moving a little bit. Um, musically, I really like this track. Lyrically, it's interesting. Yeah, it's an anti-gun violence song. Right, right. The, the whole bit is like. If you wanted to make a point, you like, should have come without a gun. Yeah.
1: Everyone's coming with a gun. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, yeah.
1: Musically, whatever. good. Lyrically, it's. I'm not going to come back to It's jam. And
0: it's not even like a. Yeah. It's not even like a political thing for me where, like. No, it just. I, I'm for or against the point. It's it, just, it just sounds stupid. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Regardless. E- even if she had sung it the opposite way and said, you should bring a gun to the party, <laughs> like it, would, right. it would sound
0: stupid either way. Right. Yeah. You know? It's. uh. I don't know. Sometimes artists get a little bit worked up in these in these political points. And it's like, that's maybe not what I'm always here for. <laughs> yeah. Um, All righty. Next one. Fucked up world. Uh, very classic rock sound to it. Tuned down again. Mid tempo, kind of crashy mid tempo drums, fairly standard, buzzy guitar licks and mid high vocals. Uh, I got kind of a Joan Jetty vibe here, uh, like that old school, you know, women's rock kind of thing. Um it's not bad, not not great.
1: Yeah, in the chorus, I kind of got like a struts or like oh monoskin yeah. kind of vibe. Yeah, I can
0: hear that too. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's part of what that like that twisting of the classic sound is. Like when you think back to it, right? Like classic rock comes from blues rock, and then like you build everything from there. So it it it's easy to like draw the tree and see like where the branches <laughs> come together. Yeah,
1: yeah. There's a line in this song she sings, we're like diamonds in the sky, that is what we're told. The essence of the song is about how superficial the world is, but going back to that line, subtweet of Rihanna. Oh, like, uh, one more Rih- time? We're like diamonds in
0: the sky, that is what oh, we're told. that could be a subtweet at Rihanna, but I would also, it may be a reference to the Beatles, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Oh,
1: yeah, because she's a huge Beatles huge fan. Huge Beatles true, 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 yeah. That's probably more likely.
0: I would venture to say that's way more likely. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I did not think about my I don't know a ton of Beatles songs. Yeah, but yeah. I
0: forgot about Lucy and this guy. Yeah. And I guess maybe that's just on top of my mind because that's something they they do later. Um, right. That right. particular song. So, uh, yeah, not my favorite. But we're on t- track 11. So, you know, yeah. Closing it out with Waiting for a Friend. Um this has got, again, that very, like, Neil Young country rock sound to it. Um, bit of harmonica and strummy, upbeat acoustic. Uh,
1: Campfire kind of vibe.
0: Yeah, yeah. Low, dejected, beat-up vocals. Sad tune to it, but, like, she just does a great job of dragging you into the shit with her. Like, by the end, like, her vocals kind of pick up and pick up and pick up. And by the end, you're just, like, like drained listening to this song, um, which is a testament to how, how good the song is.
1: Yeah, the vocal works really, really good, and the song is about being stuck in your own head. You know, she's singing, playing with my head, spinning it all around. This room is like a prison cell. I'm all by myself. Uh, this one, for me, maybe I'm not gonna come back to it a ton, but it is, it's decent in context of the album. I'm just
0: yeah, I'm with you. Uh, last couple tracks, nothing crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that is going to hell. Again, really good album. I think better than the last one. It feels like they've they've solidified their, their sound, and this is what they're going to sound like for the next two albums as well. And actually, they've got a new album coming out. I don't know when, but they're working on a new album right oh, now. Oh, cool. So
1: Yeah, so the third album is Who You Selling
0: For, which comes out in 2016. 2016, yeah. And this is maybe not their most critically acclaimed album, um, but there's still some good stuff on here. Uh, it feels like... They toured a lot for the previous album, and this one was maybe put together a little hastily.
1: I'm not a fan of this album.
0: Yeah, I think there's good points of this album and some other stuff that's... Like, there's some bad songs on this album, and then there's some a lot of stuff in the middle.
1: Yeah, I would say if you put on Light Me Up or Going to Hell, and you just let it play like in the background, I'd, I'd yeah, be like tapping be my that. pencil, I'd be enjoying it. Right. If you put on this album, after a couple songs, I'd be like, Hey, we've got to get something else on. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: and, and yeah. actually death by rock and roll you could put that album on too in the background i'd, I'd be enjoying Same thing, it yeah. but this album it's just this is not for me
0: no i think i'm with you there
1: the it oh the opener is one of the weirdest choices for an opener we've covered in in a while in my opinion uh
0: the wall yeah this is a strange one
1: the I, walls are closing in slash hangman
0: yeah so i i don't know what to do with this one because the if this is like a two, you know how sometimes artists will put like two songs on the same track. Yeah. This feels like one of those. But then if the first song is the walls are closing in, it's like this 45 second, almost like Bohemian Rhapsody type deal.
1: Yeah. Just like a soft piano. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, and then it's, it kind of just hard switches into this low tense guitar driven track. That was very tool. Like that low kind of prog rock, like 2000s prog rock type deal. Um, she does a lot of singing in Latin throughout the track.
1: Yeah, that was kind of weird, too. Uh, it's
0: yeah, it's got this low haunting sound. I don't know. So it appears to be like a Latin
1: verse, but I was reading that there's only a couple of words that are like a straight Latin. Oh, OK. Yeah. Like
0: yeah, because I was reading the lyrics as I was listening to it, and I'm like, this is all written in Latin, or at least it appears to be written in Latin.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's just. For me, it's just weird. I don't enjoy the sound. I don't understand. Like, I don't I don't get why you'd want this as your opener. Yeah,
0: like, this is strange. It's not for me either. Yeah. Next one. Uh, much better, but that's not saying a lot. <laughs> um, Oh, my God. Low. Heavy, fast guitar mixing with crashing drums and higher level vocals here. Uh, great yells. Very, not very, somewhat reminiscent of, like, a Nirvana breed where you got the up-tempo drums and the, like, fast guitar going at the same time. And then you know, uh, Taylor's kind of doing her own thing on the mic, but it's still, you know, high energy, good stuff here. It's not quite a hit, but it's still good. Yeah,
1: I don't like this one as much. The song's about just not feeling comfortable on your own skin. Uh, she's got a line, I want to take it back to when I was so dumb and innocent. That's super relatable. And then she's also got a verse in here where she's got a line saying, I wish I was black. Um, I wish I wish I had soul when my music attacked. I am so white. I shine like the sun, just like with Eve, count it down to the one. And, uh, you know, I don't know. Just she said on the line, I wish I was black. I don't want to get too specific. It's not that simple. It's not just as simple as I wish I was black. Uh, It's about saying I wish I had more to me than I feel like I do. Mm. But I guess some people didn't appreciate that metaphor.
0: Yeah, I could imagine on face value that wasn't taken super great. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> uh, anyways weird song but i kind of like it next one take me down this is kind of the hit off this album and i don't get hit vibes from this one at all
1: yeah this is uh another song about selling your soul to the devil we've had yeah. several of these now yeah. at this point yeah um and In- this one was inspired by which we talked about this when we did hendrix i think um because he had something similar this was inspired
0: by robert johnson he you know was like it's funny you bring him up. I got bored the other night. I was driving home from somewhere, and so I was like, you know what? I'm going to listen to this motherfucker. I got to see what all this is about. Oh, yeah? And so I read his little bio uh, while I was at a stoplight or something. Sue me. And, uh, like, the bio was like, it's, sometimes it sounds like this guy's playing with four hands. da 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 I listened to it. It is the most simple, scratchy, bullshit audio you've ever heard. And the songs are so, like... It's just him and like this shitty guitar, like real shitty guitar. Um, at no point did I think, "Wow, this guy's Jimmy Page." He's playing with four hands. Yeah, that's I, a wild. That's a wild thing to say. I got. I got to check this out because I'm not familiar at all. But uh, he's got a very limited catalog. It's only like 20 songs that were professionally recorded or whatnot. I'm sure he live performed or whatever, but. Uh, like this guy's like one of the godfathers of, of modern, or I guess maybe not modern rock, but blues and then what becomes modern rock. And I just don't get it, but it's also from like the mid thirties. So that's possibly part of it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like J- jimmy hendrix sounds like he's playing with four hands
0: <laughs> yeah yeah when you say playing with four hands you're talking jack white jimmy hendrix uh you know slash <laughs> like yeah yeah four hands give me Tom a break oh yeah <laughs> you're gonna hear this and you're gonna go what are they fucking it's wild like you could play it <laughs> it's wild man yeah that's <laughs> anyways i definitely want to check that out now <laughs> <laughs> um in terms of music on this track take me down um it's kind of like a mix between hand drums and drum kit and this got me thinking too about drummers, man. It feels like drummers are like the goalies in sports, where like they're kind of the oddballs, and they'll just do the catch all bits for the for the team. You know, um, it feels like drummers will like if they're if if it's not a guitar, harmonica, vocals, the drummer pretty much does everything else except for maybe like the mixing too, I guess. Um, so whether that's like uh, maracas, whether that's xylophone, fucking. Uh, I don't even know claps, uh, but like the hand drums stuck out to me here. We're like somebody's playing hand drums and drum kits, kit. obviously probably two different recordings, but that means the drummer had to do both bits, yeah. um, you know, Compa- comparing drummers to goalies is a great analogy. Yeah. They're just weird motherfuckers, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, it, all that to say this is mixed with like a kind of mid tune, cleaner riff here, uh, a little bit like more upbeat than the usual sound. Um, you know, kind of simple, standard rock chorus in my opinion. Like it just didn't stand out to me. This is the hit off this album and it's just not one of their best, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, it's decent, but it's not one I'm gonna come back to a lot. Yeah. And like I said, she's singing in the song how she's gonna sell her soul to the devil to just rock, rock, rock when she's alive.
0: Yeah, it's uh I don't know. Not for me. Yeah. Next one is do Prisoner. Um and this one opens with like kinda like this is what I imagined a chain gang would sound like. Yeah, it's supposed to sound like
1: like you're in prison, like you'd hear them when everyone in a line moving with the yeah, chains. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, right. Um It's very 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 odd. Yeah, but the fact that they were able to make that sound like pop uh, that you were able to like identify that sound just by listening to it and I guess by the title is interesting.
1: They just held some chains up to the mic yeah. and started shaking them. <laughs>
0: uh it's got this very bluesy thick riff to it like i could as i was listening to this one i was like if jack white did a cover of this i would not even it, w- it would make sense um <laughs> slow but like full life great work on the mic here getting up and down in a range it's a fairly simple song but i do like it it's kind of it's got a catchy beat to it i don't know yeah i don't
1: like this one very forgettable for me i would like to hear jack i mean jack white doing something with the chains
0: that's i would like to hear jack white do anything literally anything <laughs> Yeah, he no, he's pissed. He didn't think of that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All righty, next one, Wild City. Uh, another b- bluesy track here with these like funky kind of soulful licks. Uh, drums are mostly cymbal clicks here, fairly simple. Um, it's got a little bit of like like seventies prog rock to it, or like uh, like druggy rock. Almost like like my comp here was like I could see Hendrix doing this in an alternate universe. <laughs> okay. um, you know. Taylor's vocals are still really good here. There's a great solo on this one. I think that's where I got the Hendrix bit. Uh, good, not great. Total. Yeah, so I always have a problem. When a song sucks until a
1: solo kicks in at three minutes through the <laughs> song, like, you need to go back to the studio.
0: Yeah. I, I, There's no, wh- What's the point of me
1: waiting three minutes for, like, a uh, very, very boring song for
0: an awesome solo to kick in? I don't know. That always bothers me. Uh, is that like... um? What's that Greta song that you don't like that I love? Um, oh, uh, was it one of the? It's on the a- second album, uh, Age of Man, no, Age, no. Of Age of Mas- Machine. When the curtain falls. Oh yeah yeah yeah. That's another one where like I don't think you loved the most of that track, but undeniably the solo rocks. Yeah sure. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I get what you're saying. It's it is it's a tough point.
1: So I did have a a fun fact on this one. You can kind of hear at the beginning of the song, there's like, it it sounds like you're in like a city or whatever. Like, I don't know. Yeah, city sounds. City sounds, what else? Yeah. So she's got a line in this one. As a motherless child in the wild, wild city, it ain't no place for a girl so young and pretty. So when she first started filming Gossip Girl, she was 14. Her mom moved with her to New York City for the first six months. And then she was left on her own as a 14-year-old in New York City. How crazy is that?
0: You I should not be allowed to go to New York City from anywhere else in the country until you're 21.
1: I don't know if I could handle New York by myself right now.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> I'm wild, almost 30. Man. That's fucking wild. Like, But I, I, I wonder if that's maybe not as such a unique thing as it appears to us. It, yeah. Like not, not well, I guess child actors, like just kind of being thrown into either L.A. or New York City. and But you would just think that the parent would stay. Well, and that gets to the point of I don't think her parents were very involved. I ah. think this this feels like a very I read something that like, you know, how child actors have uh, like a kind of like a bank account or a fund that takes their child acting money and puts it aside for the actors to collect later in life. Like it doesn't go to the parents anymore because the parents will fuck it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I don't think she's claimed any of that money. I think it's still sitting in whatever the fund is called. Why? I don't know. It, but I, it may be like, a like, fuck it, I don't need it. Like, fuck you, mom, for like making me do all this shit. Mm. I don't know. Uh, but it, it just strikes me as I listen through the catalog and I think about that. I'm like, maybe mom wasn't great.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, thinking back to myself at 14, I couldn't last in New York City
0: a week. Yeah. The I, over-under <laughs> would be three and a half, four and a half days. The only thing is you do have unlimited money. so. <laughs> Could I last in New York at fourteen years old with unlimited money? It would be tough. I'd be I'd be in a tight spot. Nah, yeah. That's a, that's a really weird situation because like, then think about it. Like you spend your whole day interacting with adults. There's no like, it's not like you're around other kids all the time. Probably either.
1: Well, right?
0: yeah. I mean, like I mean, you you get thrown into f- adulthood very fast.
1: It'd be one thing if you were in like. uh shared space with other actors from the show right so like you're all like there's five of you going together or whatever but just waking up at 14 you know brewing the decaf coffee and putting on <laughs> putting on spongebob while you wake up and get ready to start your day and then you have to take the subway you have to take three different trains to, get this, <laughs> to the acting place like what the fuck
0: I'm <laughs> uh, just imagine her watching spongebob like puffing a rad. <laughs> <Smoking a cigarette. laughs> Uh, 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 ca- caught between childhood and and adulthood oh <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, wild anyways yeah uh interesting track there the next one is is maybe not maybe it is my favorite track off this album back to the river featuring lauren haynes of yes. the allman brothers um this is very acoustic country rock track very allman brothers sound um but i also got chris cornell vibes from like the uh like the way she's using her voice here stretching out lines really getting to like the higher range higher level at the same time um it's it kind of picks up into this like foot stomper pretty early it starts a little low and slow but foot stomper after a while uh just a good vibes track very like fun sing-along song it's got two really cool like skinnered style extended like long solos um this is a great track
1: yeah this is also my favorite off the album a song about returning to your roots. I'm going back to the river where the devil can't find me. And which I think it's I think it's a callback to one of their earlier songs, Follow Me Down. She's yeah. saying follow me down to the river. Yeah. Now
0: she's like, I'm going back to the river. Yeah, but that's funny. That's an interesting point you made there, too. Because, like, if the devil – the she's saying I'm going back down to the river where the devil can't find me. When you think about songs – from other artists too, where they talk about uh like selling their soul to the devil. A lot of the times, the devil is down by the river, and they have to go meet him down by the river <laughs> for whatever reason. So that's a funny. Mm. That's a funny like. That's a good point there. too.
1: What? Well, yeah, I don't know. uh Cause in "Follow Me Down" too, that's like a very sexual song. Yeah, yeah. So I
0: don't. Yeah, I don't know. But you think the devil just like hangs out down by the river? <laughs> he's just got like a, a tree stump that he's just sitting there waiting for people. <laughs> <laughs> He's just playing the fiddle or yeah. playing yeah. six string. You just pluck it away like, oh, there's another guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's got contracts ready to go. Uh, Crazy. Anyways,
1: yeah. Sorry, I was I was, yeah. I was about to go on a, a side tangent, but Alrighty. not worth it.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're breaking the set again. I got you. That was
1: my bad. I didn't charge. I did the thing where I didn't
0: charge my laptop again, so it died. Uh, one of my favorite things to do. Yeah, this is a good pastime. Another good little bit we keep got, keep having. And I also forgot to do ro- Shithead Rocker of the Week this week. It'll come to me eventually. We'll get we'll get back to that. Yeah. Uh. righty. Next one. Who are you selling for? This is kind of a weird track lyrically, but there's yeah. also some cool stuff. Um. Musically, it's good, not great. Low, kind of slow ballad buzzy jangly guitar under these low beat up vocals um, there is a line I want to pull it up you probably got it where they they make references to I think blink 182 the Beatles and Pink Floyd so you got the Roger waters John Lennon Paul McCartney where'd you get the blink from the, the line before that is like uh, Travis called night and I didn't answer or something like that oh uh, let me pull it up here huh but if you got anything on this song, go for it.
1: No, I was going to say what you said. She references Paul McCartney, John Lennon, Roger Waters. Big, she's a big fan of all three of them. Um, they're all selling on behalf of someone else and losing parts of themselves in the process. It's kind of what the song's about. To me, it's got like that mid-2000s kind of rock sound.
0: Yeah, the, the line before, so the lines go, and when Travis called, I didn't even answer. John was a walrus, but he ain't no dancer like Paul. Both of those are Beatles references. Know-it-all, and when Rogers showed me, I was building a wall. Pink Floyd reference. Yeah. Uh, I was trying to think of what the Blink reference is there, and when Travis called, I didn't even answer. I thought maybe it was, where are you, and I'm so sorry. I cannot sleep. I cannot dream tonight. Yeah,
1: but why would you say Travis
0: when Adam and Mark are the ones on the mic? Yeah, that's what I was trying to figure out. I can't. There's, maybe there's another Travis. Maybe there, there's got to be another Travis. Travis Tritt. Who? Country. Huh. I'm not familiar with his work. Yeah, I, I don't know not. That was the first name that came to mind. Well, maybe it'll come to me, but there's something else there. But I got the I got the Beatles and and the Pink Floyd right off the top, and tho- those were like if you missed those, you don't know anything about either <laughs> of those bands. Yeah, very like uh, direct references. Maybe it's Travis Scott. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe could be. Uh, otherwise, like I said, good, not great. It's uh, another track on the album for me same uh same with the next one too for me bedroom window yeah it's a short sad acoustic track nothing really here
1: yeah it's only two minutes yeah. just the essence of the song staring out your bedroom window because you're upset but not really anything else there
0: yeah the next one i think is a lot better living in the storm uh amps back up fuzzy low up tempo riffs fast crashing drums taylor ripping away all around this track um this main riff here rocks. The drums here kick ass. Uh, they, a lot of good stuff here.
1: Yeah, musically this one's a lot better. I think lyrically, perhaps about the musical industry, um, kind of ruining some of
0: the people that you knows. or just entertainment in general. Yeah, yeah.
1: Or yeah, that's yeah, fair. Or just entertainment. Yeah, it's it's all right. Um, just again, for me, this album, I, I like the other three a lot more than this one. So it's just, I'm not really going to come back to it, but sure, it's fine.
0: Sure. Next one, already dead. Uh, slow bluesy track here slow pounding drums and these like bittersweet strummy licks with high energy lines and wicked yells uh, it's got this very like ominous foreboding feel to it throughout um, i just think she does great work on these kind of tracks and i think this is a pretty good one
1: yeah she slows down the verses quite a bit and she does that for a lot of this album where like there might not be that there's not that many lyrics but she stretches them out yeah
0: yeah she does the best of what's kind of on the page
1: yeah but yeah just another one for me it's
0: it's fine sure uh next track the devil's back uh that's the title of the song bluesy or sl- er, sorry Shuffly it opens with like these like shuffling maracas and these piercing kind of clean drawn out notes and softer vocals it's got a bit of like a western kind of rocky feel to it you know california rock type deal um you know, the first two and a half minutes, she's singing a little bit. I don't think it's anything wild. There's not much to it. And then it closes out with a four and some change instrumental to close the song. And Ben does some some of his coolest work on guitar here, in my opinion. It's got this very Pink Floyd-esque, like, solo e section to it. Uh, and again, it's a long instrumental close, but it's really cool work. And if you like guitar, it's great, so...
1: Yeah, I think I, I'm just a grinch in this one. The four minutes of instrumentals, I don't know why. I just kept waiting for it to like hit a climax or like just like kind yeah. of explode. No, it never does that. And it never really does that. No, I hear so you. So I, th- I think for me, it just didn't meet my personal preferences for those long instrumentals. Sure. But,
0: yeah. Yeah, but that's not the song either, right? This song yeah. is very much more even keel for the most part. It's not going to get wild.
1: Uh. Yeah, and lyrically, it's like her having a conversation with her anxiety. They're going yeah. back and forth. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that leads us to the close, which I think is pretty cool close to you, too. This is Mad Love. Um, it opens with a kind of quick lick from Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. They alter it, slow it down a little bit. Um, but it's got that in the very beginning. and That makes me think of a point now. They have a few of these tracks where they, like, they have an opening lick or an opening bit. And then that doesn't factor into the song at all. They do it for like 10 seconds and they just start playing a song. Yeah. And some of them are really good. Some (laughs) of them are really good. It's just a strange, like another thing you don't really see other bands do a ton. Um, Anyways, it breaks into this kind of like funky rock track. It's weird. Um, Very like R&B sounding vocals from Taylor on the mic. She's got like harmonizing. She's kind of harmonizing over herself in a lot of the bits. Um, You know, the very buzzy effect coming on the mic here. Yeah. you know, a little bit of a wild child flair to a very hard B sound. Um, you know, low, bumpy, buzzy, uh, bass, kind of simple, poppy drums. Um, I think this is a fun way to close. It's not at all what they normally do. It's just something fun.
1: Yeah, it's definitely different. And they had written this right after David Bowie passed away.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, that was one of her
1: big influences too. So they kind of wrote it, with wrote it and recorded it within three days to like pay homage to yeah, him. Yeah, homage. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a decent closer,
0: which is an ominous kind of foreboding lead into the next six years between this album and the next. I didn't
1: even put that together. There's that's a long time.
0: Yeah. So this again, this album comes out in 2016, might have been recorded partly in 2015, whatever. Uh, So they they pay tribute to dad David Bowie here, one of her kind of idols, inspirations. They go on tour in 2017, opening for Chris Cornell, Chris Cornell's solo, his like solo act. And so obviously, we've talked about it before, uh, he comes to Detroit, his last show. Uh, May of 2017. May of 2017. And they open for him this night at the Fox Theater. And Chris Cornell kills himself in the hotel room after the show. This kind of sends Taylor into a dark place. It's not great. Chris Cornell was one of her biggest influences as well. Uh, somebody she was touring with, seeing every day. It's it's a real tough situation. At some point in the next year, uh, the producer who she adored, Cato, um, gets into a motorcycle accident, and dies, yeah. which sends her to, into an absolute tailspin. Uh, you know, substance abuse issues, deep dark depression. They don't come out with their next album until six years after the previous. Uh, Taylor was in a really bad place for a while. It sounds like in 2019, they kind of picked up the pieces and started getting together, getting over it a little bit. Um, then COVID hit and took them a little bit longer to, you know, get everything out. Um, but in a way, this next album, Death by Rock and Roll, is kind of a cathartic way of them getting over it, um, you know, talking about everything that's going on with them Uh everything that's happened in the last six years and just saying, all right, this happened. This sucks. We're moving on. Yeah. It's um, a great way to intro it. Yeah. So that leads us kind of into, well, it not kind of gets us to the first track but death by rock and roll, which I think is a very cool like analogy here, or I guess play on words where the whole bit is about different rockers who, you know, fictitious or real, who have been killed by the lifestyle that rock and roll, you know, pertains or pertains to. Um, Loud, hard rock open, very buzzy, thick rips with these, like, strip sections for Taylor's lines. So, like, rip or they'll rip a riff and then kind of slow it down, quiet, let Taylor get out of line, rip off a riff again, back and forth, back and forth. High energy chorus, same chords, and then, like, a higher tune guitar licking on top of that with Taylor in her high end ripping lines great energy really like right out the gate you kind of get the bit of what this album is going to be about i think this is a fantastic open dude
1: i can't believe this song hadn't already been done when i'd heard it like yeah just, just the the essence put but on my tombstone when i go just put death by rock and roll like that's just like uh it's so perfect and it's such a great way to
0: open a rock album it's gritty it's hard it's, but it, it hits the point too yeah
1: yeah it, yeah, it's 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 well done. It kicks ass. And lyrically, uh, the song kind of pays pays homage to some of the people who died in yeah. the, the infamous Twenty Seven Club. Yeah. Uh, in this song, she specifically references Amy Winehouse, Kurt Cobain. Um,
0: this is just you can't open an album any better than this. It's it's a perfect open. I got nothing else for this song. I just it rocks. Yeah, this song.
1: It's funny. This gets a lot of radio play. This song. Yeah. Kicks ass.
0: Yeah, they definitely hit a home run with this one on the radio too yeah uh, next one only love can save me now featuring matt cameron and kim tail of Soundgarden, sound um and this is their homage to chris cornell here mid-tempo kind of heavy sound to it bluesy hard rock chords and these mixed or like soft angry lines with hard loud yells um really like her work on the chorus here she brings it up to 11 again um uh, Kim, the the guitar player for Soundgarden, has a fantastic solo on this track. Very Epic solo, very two thousands hard rock to it. Uh, very Soundgarden of them. Um, I just it was great. It's a great track and a great homage.
1: Yeah, and the song, you know, is about uh, that. There, you know, have hope in life and and try and get through it. And life is worth living. Uh, you're you're going through it, but you want to be saved, and you see the light at the end of the tunnel. And like you said, that solo at the end of the song is epic. Awesome, dude. What a great ad. Matt Cameron's on
0: drums here. It, yeah, it's perfect, man.
1: And then we get another all-time feature, or, you know, one of the all-time greats on a feature, and the third track.
0: Yep, well, I'll never get old, tired of this. And so it went featuring Tom Morello. Um, another one where city sounds kind of open it up, you know, cars, horns blaring, whatever. Um, right into this very modern, heavy ripping riff to it, man. Taylor letting it all hang out on the mic, screaming, yelling the whole way through. Chanty chorus. Uh, soft. There's a soft, sweet section uh, kind of a little later than halfway through the song where it like really slows down and let her, lets her get it. And then right out of that soft section, Tom hits his solo, and it, it kills, man. And this is one of my favorite Tom Rello solos I've heard. Yeah, it's a great solo. It's fantastic, man. This is another one that would kill live, too. I don't know how uh, Ben would play the solo, but... It would fucking rip live. Uh, it's just an awesome track. Yeah, so they also get uh,
1: students from the main Academy oh, of Modern right.
0: Music Choir Yeah. as well on this track. Yeah, which makes a little bit more sense than the last one to have a children's choir for. Sure, sure.
1: And the inspiration for the track lyrically was a lot of what was going on in 2020 with the election, Brexit, George Floyd. Uh, just, you know, civil unrest would be like the broader category for all that. Which is kind of Tom Morello's bag, that's what he's done
0: since the '90s. So yeah,
1: yeah. So it makes sense. Yeah, I mean lyrically, it's um, you know, maybe it's not usually what I come to for for rock songs, but this is the music's worth the listen. It's, it's rips. Yeah, yeah,
0: hundred percent. Uh, next one, 25. Uh, this is very much in reference to that twenty seven club we've talked about over and over again. Um, she wrote this song when she was twenty four. Released it when she was 25. Um, and so the whole bit here is like, I've only got a couple years left. I'm about to turn 27. Um, you know, obviously she's still around. Uh, but that's the whole kind of bit of the song. It's kind of this this bitter, like, taste of, like, this fucking keeps happening. Ugh. Um, it's low, haunting sound. Plucky notes and these, like, battle kind of marching drums. Uh, Taylor stretching out lines in this tense, breathy tone. Um, you know, fairly simple musically. It picks up as it goes a little bit, gets a little bit harder and heavier. Um, but again, another one where she just pours it all out into the mic and really le- leaves you empty.
1: Yeah, and she had said on this one, like there's a point in her life where she thought that she would be someone who would die young as well. A lyrically, kind of interesting. She she references several different ages
0: throughout her life. Yeah, they go all the way from like one to twenty five, I think.
1: Yeah, and she groups, you know, she groups several years together, but. The essence of the song is, you know, at 25 and still
0: alive, much longer than expected. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely a, an interesting one lyrically. Which is uh, also kind of a, a cool bit, given that she's gone through these these substance abuse struggles. Uh, you true, know, that, true. That's the point where you're like, fuck, this is how I go, too. And yeah. After, after, it, after seeing all these other people do it and talking about it, this is how I'm going, too. And, like, coming out the other side of that.
1: Yeah, you got to wonder, like, for rock stars now, like, you've seen it happen. To over and
0: over and over.
1: And no no doubt to someone that you would have grown up idolizing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I, I it makes me wonder, because, like, a lot of times it is accidental. Sure, You know, sure. sometimes it just happens accidentally. Um, well, yeah. Other I mean times, not so much, but. Yeah,
1: like, you know, Mac Miller, you get drugs laced with fentanyl that you just, you don't know. Yeah. Um, not necessarily like he was pushing it to the max, like. Oh, I'm gonna take,
0: thirty-five valiums. You know, like it's not like. Or you take a completely co- like controllable dose of heroin, and then <laughs> somehow you end up with a, a a shotgun shell in your head. That's crazy. I don't know how that happens. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, I uh, regardless, really, it's maybe not. It's it's a good song musically, not great musically, but it's certainly worth a listen. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Next one, My Bones, Uh, very heavy and low. Mid-tempo drums, heavy, buzzy bass, and full vocals. Um, Guitar just kind of licking in mid-tune bits. Uh, It all comes crashing together in this loud, powerful chorus, very much like a live anthem, uh, crowd thumper type deal. Good, not great.
1: Yeah, not a lot of replay value. Very interesting lyrically. I kind of got the gist that she's potentially talking about suicide. She sings, Woke up with a plan so brilliant, I cannot believe... My mother and father, doctors and friends, don't tell them, don't trust them. They won't understand. If you can't win the battle, it's easier to, it's better to run. Excuse me. And then at the end of the song, she sings, "I carried out my plan." Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I kind of got the. Kind of seemed to me like it was about suicide.
0: Yeah, there's there a lot of these. Not a lot of these. Some of these songs you could definitely take up to interpretations. Others are fairly simple to figure out. Um, but what's interesting about that point is something we were talking about earlier that before the show is so. I listened to they, they put out a commentary review uh, yes. of each of these tracks. And what I was hoping to get from the commentary review was a mix of dialogue, uh, describing the songwriting and then getting into the music and some of the, you know, things that happened in the studio and whatnot. And in the first track of well, not the first, they they open with an intro, and then in the first track, they say like, yeah, we're not really gonna get into songwriting, it's art, you know, people could take it a lot of different ways, it's up to the listener. And then spend the entire remainder of the commentary not discussing uh, songwriting at all until the very last track, which left me empty a little bit.
1: Yeah, I only listened to two of them, and they were just kind of talking about, like, the actual, like, oh, you know, we went to the studio for this, yada, yada, yada. And it was, like, that's, like, the last, like, I want to hear how you came up with the lyrics, like, how you came up with whatever. Like, they provided no
0: context that I was... I didn't want to hear any of there it. There was no context. Yeah. There was even a couple tracks like there was a track like Witches Burning, um, Rock and Roll Heaven, where one of them might start talking about it. And then they went, ah, but yeah, you know, anyways. And they would like skip on to something else. They, they purposefully skipped over talking about the songwriting, except for the last track, because the last track is so like direct that you couldn't possibly miss it.
1: Yeah, that's it's stupid. If you're going to do a commentary like. 21 pilots did it for I, th- I think Vessel although it might have been the album before that but regardless like they provided context in the lyrics and like Tyler Joseph yeah. was talking about like his songwriting process like oh this is cool like give us something I didn't know about that give us something and uh there's another artist
0: we did that did
1: commentary too and Yeah I've seen yeah, on a
0: handful of artists it, it's cool when they do it but you got to give us something
1: Yeah I think actually I think it, Foo Fighters might have done one
0: The majority of it really was just like talking about kind of like the diff- it was it was music talk and like talk about how they produced it and what the producer did to like add effects and shit that's great for like music nerds but i don't know man i was looking for something else yeah felt very lazy anyways uh next one got so high um very kind of sweet sounding track it's an acoustic ballad just uh it's just taylor singing and playing an acoustic guitar um A bit Alanis Morissette with the way she gets her voice up and down. Very high, and then kind of back down into a mid, but like all over the place in that range. Um, Very sad song, but fantastic work on the mic.
1: Yeah, the vocals make this track. It's a song about getting high to cope with whatever you're struggling through in life. Uh, Her voice is great on the track.
0: Really audibly pleasing. Just one to check out for the vocals. Yeah, totally agree. The next one's basically just an interlude. Broomsticks. It feels like a fun little bit they did for like Halloween. Um, they had a little like video uh, thing that they put together to accompany this track. Why even include this on the album? I don't know. I think they just thought it was fun and they might as well. But it, it I guess you could also look at it as a, a lean in, a lead in to the next one. Uh, yeah. Which is Witch's burn. You know, again, it's got a little bit of that Halloween theme to it. Although Witch's burn isn't really a Halloween y song at all um just by the titles i guess i didn't
1: fact check it but i read that the broomsticks might have been used in a tim burton movie
0: ah uh, okay either it
1: was or someone was joking about it i didn't fact check it yeah. but either way
0: yeah i think they might have said something about that on the commentary um but yeah anyways into Witch's burn here uh it's got this bluesy kind of buzzy riff slower but high energy still uh she's really raising the level as she goes on and rips off the chorus Simple drums, just a very classic rock sound, but also, like, twisted and very pretty reckless of them.
1: The opening riff is wicked. One of my yeah, favorite yeah. riffs. Rocks. Yeah. Not going to lie, when I saw the... So I listening to Broomsticks, and I saw the title for this track, and I was like, this track's going to suck. Like, just reading the title and, yeah. like, the Halloween bit yeah, on yeah, Broomsticks. Yeah. But I love this track. This is one of my favorite tracks off the album. Yeah.
0: And I think the, the writing is super creative here. Yes. The, the analogy to witches all throughout and kind of, like, the the feminist thing the feminist bit throughout the song again whether or not you agree with the message is very clever writing oh absolutely and yeah
1: the songs you know one about not following the status quo and then literally in the song she's singing about a woman who you know kills a man first she obeys him and then the next time around she goes and kills him and then kind of references like the salem witch trials and just yeah is burning yeah uh, but musically this is great, and I I like the lyrics a lot. It's really clever songwriting. This is a standout track.
0: Yeah, I, I think I agree there. Uh, all right, next one. Standing at the wall. Um, another kind of country rock acoustic ballad here. Masterclass on the mic without doing too much. Very subtle but very nice. Um, bits of hover like violin hovering throughout the track. Nice work. Yeah, not a ton of replay value for me, sure. but it's it's fun. Yeah, I'm with you there.
1: Same with the next one too. Honestly, turning gold opens with a sitar.
0: A what, what, what's a sitar? Uh, you ever see it's like an ins Indian instrument, similar to a guitar, but it's got it's like a round. Oh, neck, I I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. That's a sitar. Um, she said on the commentary that she's been trying to convince them to get them to do a little sitar riff at the beginning of a song for years. <laughs> so it's funny they finally got it. Um anyways opens that up into more of a bluesy kind of soulful hard rock track um, s- fairly simple musically with bits of a strummy electric guitar um, you know slow drums picks up hard in the first chorus and then through the rest of the track after the first chorus. that's um, a cool song I don't know yeah I like lyrically I thought it was cool Musically it was just all right closes out the last two are bangers in my opinion. Rock and Roll Heaven's the next track. Uh, country rock anthem here, man. Acoustic plucky lines and strummy riffs. Piano kind of just bumping along sadly, but it's good energy here, good tempo. Uh, you know, there's a fantastic solo. It's not like a crazy, wild, like Tom Rello solo, but it just fits perfectly. Um, you know, phenomenal vocal work, kind of in her mid to high range. Um, energy picks up and picks up and picks up uh, in just this really, like, feel-good way. Even though it's not a super feel, it's a bit of a bittersweet like, track where yeah. they're just referencing all sorts of like different rockers that have played and made an impact and died prematurely. Um, still, it's just an awesome track.
1: Yeah, she's got the first verse is one of my favorite verses from The Pretty Reckless like, in their whole catalog. Freedom found me when I first heard the Beatles sing. Music surrounded me. The church bells start to ring. I stole my daddy's vinyl and burned that needle out. Jimmy, Jonas, and Morrison, a garden full of sound. I sold my car for an old guitar and set out on the road. My mama cried as she waved goodbye, praying for my soul. Just a really cool verse, like talking about her musical journey. She's got like the the Jimmy, Jonathan Morrison, and then a garden full of sound, like Chris Cornell. Sound Grunel. garden, yeah. yeah.
0: Like I, I don't know, I really like that. Yeah, it, it's it's creative and really like cool homage to all these different rockers yes. who've come and gone. Really, really cool work here. And just a fun listen. Super fun listen.
1: Yeah, standout track. And it's it's actually uh it's like a continuation of Death by Rock and Roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels
0: like the the kind of companion track to that song. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. And then the last one, Harley Darling. Um, this is a sad, slow, country rock ballad. Again, more eagles than anything. But it also made me think of this kiss this kiss song, Hard Luck Woman. Surely you've never heard it, but um, <laughs> oddly enough that's a a kiss song so the kiss they had all four members of the band that sung tracks but the drummer never got to sing ever except for like maybe five tracks throughout the catalog (laughs) and they have so many albums and uh but some of their most popular so one of their most popular songs bath was sung by the drummer and this one was sung by the drummer as well
1: Uh, regardless
0: it's got that same kind of like jangly kind of it's got a little bit of an upbeat riff to it this track same kind of thing as that song um but the 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 lyrics are so sad. It, but this is what I was talking about with the closure, right? This is very much her recognizing it, paying tribute to Cato, died in the motor motorcycle crash and being like, you know, RIP let's let's get along.
1: Yeah, and he had passed away in California, and she has a line where she sings about taking her Harley to California to see her friend one last time. right. So it's very a, it's very, very sad, kind of like a country rock kind of vibe. yeah, sweet clothes good good in context of the album not one
0: that i would come back to a lot on its own sure i can understand that yeah all righty and that closes out the catalog of the pretty reckless thus far thus far uh like i said they got new stuff coming probably later this year early next year would be my guess um since they've been working on it for a while now but who knows so stay tuned um all righty with that you want to get into opener or concert set list album songs sure
1: Let's do albums first. From worst to first, I've got Who You Selling For? Uh, and then the next three, I, I kind of mm. struggle with going back and forth. I I might change this, like, if you ask me a month or two from now. But right now, I've got third, Death by Rock and Roll, then Light Me Up, then Going to Hell is my
0: favorite. Oh, huh. okay. We have a very different set here. Um, I'm not going to knock you... I think "Death by Rock and Roll" in my opinion, and "Going to Hell" are very similar level of albums. I think the other two stand out as a little bit lesser to me. Um, So at four, I'll have "Light Me Up." Three, "Who You Selling For?" Two, "Going to Hell," and then one, "Death by Rock and Roll." Gotcha. Um, I I just it's just "Death by Rock and Roll" is so fantastic, top to bottom. I can't get over it.
1: Yeah, I like. I said I like all three. I don't. I don't really care for "Who You Selling For." I like the other three a lot, and it's just like a. It's just one of those I haven't had enough time with it to have, like, a definitive answer.
0: Today, this is your answer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, Top ten songs?
1: Yeah. So ten to one here. I've got Make Me Want to Die, Got So High, Blame Me, "Going to Hell, Just Tonight, and then Top Five, Follow Me Down, Witches Burn, Heaven Knows, Death by Rock and Roll, and then actually no, I'm going to flip this. Light Me Up, and then Death by Rock and Roll.
0: Oh, Okay. Uh, very different list here again. All right. 10 to 1 for me is Living in the Storm, then Back to the River, Sweet Things, Just Tonight, Rock and Roll Heaven at 6, 5, You, then Heaven Knows, Death by Rock and Roll, Follow Me, and So It Went.
1: Okay. Yeah. It's funny talking through this episode. Like, I'm not surprised at all that we had really different. Yeah. Lists. Yeah. We've had a yeah. different
0: take on a lot of this different stuff. But, I mean, that, that may be a testament to the work.
1: Well, I think. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely one of those groups where your favorite album might be like totally different from so, like it's not like um, Lincoln Park where your favorite album's either gonna be yeah. Hybrid Theory or Meteor. Yeah, yeah, that's a good. Like, point. Unless you're right. weird, <laughs> 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 like, it's, like <laughs> it's, you know, it's like depending has on has anybody ever <laughs>
0: said Living Things, man? That album. No, I would, that would be hilarious to someone. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But no, it's like uh, depending
1: on what kind of style best suits you. Like, I could see someone. Except for maybe the third album. I could see someone yeah either yeah, one yeah. of the other ones. I, I think I could,
0: I could buy that. All righty. Uh, concert set list. Um, yeah, so
1: we're going to open the concert with Death by Rock and Roll. I mean, that's it's one of my favorite <laughs> openers that we've covered on the podcast. It's perfect. Great way to open a rock concert. Uh, And then for the encore, we're going to do Follow Me Down to open the
0: encore and then Light Me Up. And then we're going to close with the anthem Heaven Knows. Ooh, I like it. Uh, I kind of have a similar vibe here. I'm opening with And So It Went, uh, similar thing to Death by Rock and Roll. Uh, And then in the encore, we're going to start off with Going to Hell, move over to Rock and Roll Heaven for the second track and close out with Heaven Knows as well. Okay, cool. I think that's a good way to close out that concert. Yeah, definitely. Alrighty, righty. Um, that's all we got this week for Pretty Reckless. Next week, we're doing a Grab Bags. So we'll talk Ticketmaster. We'll talk... Oh, we're doing a sampling platter, a short sampling platter for yeah. us. So on mine, I remember I got Earth, Wind and & Fire, and then Tenacious D of Jack Black. And then you were Black Smoke Rising. Or yes, so I had... Black Pistol Fire and Jack Hayes, both uh, listener requests. So we'll get a couple of those on here as well. Looking forward to that.
1: Before we close this out, did you want to talk about that song I sent you yesterday? The Tom McDonald one?
0: Oh, dude, I totally forgot about that. If you want to do a little riff on it, go ahead, or we can save it for next week. Oh, we'll just save it for next week. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, alrighty then. So, well, And we, we picked
1: two. Um, after the grab bag, we're going to do Dire Straits.
0: Dire Straits, that's right. Yep, so yeah. that'll be two weeks from now. Um alrighty guys, like I said, follow us on socials, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter at Flip the Record. Like, review, subscribe on Apple and Spotify. Thanks for listening.
1: Catch you on the next one.